Hello and welcome to the Surface Tension Podcast. My name is Alex. My co-host over here is Craig. We are going to be exploring deep questions and looking for deep answers to spiritual questions and questions about life in general. We're happy to have you here. And here we go. Welcome to our podcast. Alex, do you like board games? I do. I don't play them as often as I'd like because most people want to play video games, but I'm a sucker for a board game yeah. for sure. So I hate them. <laughs> My, I, I love wasn't that raised, honesty. I wasn't raised with them. It, I just really would. I, I didn't have a culture of that around my family. And then Cherish, when we were dating years ago, her family loves games. And I'm like, uh, okay, let's just go through the motions and try not to get overly competitive or whatever may happen during that. But there's one game in particular that I'm fascinated by. And if you don't mind putting up with some of my foolishness, I would love to That's my, have us. It's one of my favorite things to explore, do. Because you have to do it a lot. I would like to explore our relationship with God through the board game Shoots and Ladders. Are you familiar with that, Shoots and Ladders? Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, kind of similar to the game Candyland, uh, where you roll a die and there's certain squares that you can advance very far on the board. The board is numbered 1 to 100. The goal is to go uh, land on square 100, and then you win. There's a lot of randomness. You're throwing a die. Not only can you advance quickly on the board, but you can also backslide. That is the shoot. Yes. The ladders yes. uh, advance you quite a bit or just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then some of the shoots can really send you back <laughs> down. I mean, we've oh, got yeah. we've got it in front of us and we're we've looked at uh if you land on square eighty seven and you've made it almost to the oh. end. That's, you're getting bumped yeah. back to square 24 and your game essentially starts over. Right. Yeah. It's you, you may need some emotional regulation tools and techniques if you hit 87 because you you are about to win the game and guess what? You, you're going to have to do some mopping up of some uh, emotions. Well, you can index heavily on your inner JC and flip some tables, but it's not quite the same, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, it's certainly not. So I thought and again, is there any way we can post that on our uh, website? Can we post a picture of this so people can just go, okay, now I see what you're talking about? Or, yeah, yeah, 100%. Say- or if or if somebody, uh, like, you can always just Google shoots and ladders, or you go out and you buy a board game and you say, hey, you I'd like it. to spend our Friday night <laughs> uh, getting angry at one oh, another. Oh, man. So I just want to, as silly as it may be, I want to create some space for us just to discuss some of... Um, this game, because I do think it represents what a lot of people think the Christian life is like. There there are decisions that we can make that catapult us up closer to God, and there are decisions we can make that will scooby-dooby way down on the board that'll really mess me up, right? And so you're saying Christians think like this, but it is not necessarily the case. Is that what you're fundamentally trying to assert. Well, that's interesting. Let's explore that. Is that is that the case? Um, I mean, we look at the board game. First of all, you and I, even just looking at that, realize that you can only use one die because uh, number one is pretty good. If you land on number one in the board game, that's, that's pretty sweet because you go up three levels. Yeah, and, you're shooting up to uh, 38. Right. Um, and so that's pretty cool. Maybe we need to start with the basic, what is 100? Because this is the end of the game. That's how you win. 
Um, and if all of this ladders and shoots and slides or whatever, if you're from Canada, I think they probably called it something else, you know, ladders and slides or something. But yeah. What is num what is what is one hundred? What's what's the hundred box? What is the goal? Not not, not in, in the board not game. In the, not in the literal sense, but not in the, the metaphorical sense yes, if we're of Christianity. This, yes. Uh, uh getting to goal? square one hundred is probably death and then high fiving or giving a business handshake to Saint Peter at the Pearly Gates and mm. him saying, Right this way, God, we'll see mm. you now. Mm. What do you think about that? I don't know. That's why I like to create space for it. What is what is the what is the win? If we are talking about the Christian life, what is the win? Um, and does it actually change what 100 is if we're talking about not the Christian life, but our relationship with God? Does that change things in people's minds? I if sure you hope say, so. What it, what's the win in the Christian life versus what's the win in my relationship with God? Are those the same question or different question for most people? Ask it one more time. What's the difference between what's the win in my Christian life and what's the win in my relationship with God? Harder to keep score in a relationship, hmm. right? Yeah. Like, have you, have you ever thought to yourself, like, yeah, my friendship with Alex is about a 76, yeah. about a 85, a trending towards uh, 93, but there is a shoot at 94. And yeah. But intuitively, we're always kind of keeping score of how we're doing, how we're tracking with people, how we're connecting, what their opinion is, favorable, unfavorable. So we were to poll 100 people, Christians, and say, what is the win of the Christian life? What, What do you think we would hear most often? What answer would we hear most often? What's the win in the Christian life? Making it to heaven and eternity. Hmm. Right? Well, this is your opinion question, so. I don't know. That seems like the obvious answer to me. Yeah, I think so. If we're looking at like a elongated timeline and we're looking at life, you know, from start to finish, if you're doing a single snapshot, like how can I hit a hundred in a single day and still be alive? That's a different question. What is a day of making it to a hundred look like versus what is a lifetime of making it to a hundred? I think they're different, different goals. We're setting different goals on Yes. And do you think making it to heaven will help us naturally build a close relationship with God, or do you think we actually need to rethink that goal? If my goal is just to make it to heaven, how much am I going to be monitoring, pouring into my connection, my closeness with the Father? I mean, you get pretty legalistic if you're trying to reverse engineer your trip to heaven through deeds and actions, right? Rather than a relationship. That's yeah. yeah, but again, we're talking about most most people, and most people are all also represented in our own personal experience. And I would say, for a good part of my Christian life, my goal was to just make it to heaven, hit the straight and narrow, and just make it there. And and I was focused on just my performance, my my shoots and my ladder, my, okay, wow, look at that, that I gave, you know, I gave $20 to a homeless person. I went up, went up two levels. Um, oh, I did something bad. I went down three levels. Okay. All right. And it's just this perpetual state of ebbing and flowing and going up and down the board. 
based on my own personal behavior. And I see a question brewing in your mind. I don't know. It's so funny. Well, when we start any kind of metaphor with me, I, mine, my, we get very different conclusions than if we start with God as the inception point of a question, right? I mean, that's something that we've discussed time and time again on this podcast. And so I'm not even sure how to formulate the question, but how, if we're approaching shoots and ladders, starting with God rather than starting with, you know, my character piece, then what are the conclusions that we're drawing? It's not my dice throws. It's just, I'm lucky to play on his board, right? <laughs> I'm lucky to be in the game yes. to begin with. God made this beautiful this beautiful life for us to experience the highs, the lows, the sideways, and the relationships of the people who are playing on the board with us, too. Those relationships matter. It's not about who gets to 100. It's about who we're playing with, right? I mean, if you're really worried about getting to 100 and shoots and ladder at the expense of the people around you, you're looking at things quite wrong. It's about the game night, not about the game, right? I'm still learning that, but yes, exactly. It is. It's about the community, the connection. And so what I, I, I'm trying to read between the lines and what you're sharing and what I heard in my mind, and correct me if this isn't what you were trying to say, is God is both 100 at the end of the journey, but he also travels with us along the entire board. I think, you took, to I think you took some liberties on that one, but I'm totally aligned with you. So how does that change our experience of that game board? How does that change the journey of, because this is just today. Okay, today. Today's number one. Okay, I went up, I went up three rungs. All right. I, we, we got a one today and things were propelled somehow up three levels, how is that processed differently if I know that God is with me already and he's not just the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? Hmm. It changes, It well, to say that it changes the game sounds kind of cliche, but when you're playing the game Shoots and Ladders or any board game, are you just lamenting the fact that you haven't won yet? As you're sitting around playing with people and you're like, gosh, I just want to get this over with till I get to the winning part. And it's like, ah, but if God's with us on this journey, if we're taking it back to the God metaphor, you know, are we just trying to get to heaven or are we enjoying the process and realizing that, you know, the kingdom of heaven is with us at any moment that we call upon it? Yeah, it's very different. I read something the other day that really ties up nicely what you're sharing because it was talking about how we live for ourselves and live selfish lives and live completely self-focused so often that we're really probably not going to enjoy heaven. That and C.S. Lewis actually said something very similar. He said most most people are who are going to be in heaven are the people that are going to want to be there because it's it's going to be about glorifying God not yourself. And if you spend a whole lifetime trying to just win and beat the people around you and glorify yourself, guess what? Heaven's not going to be fun. 
I was hearing something interesting about heaven the other day, and I didn't even know how to feel about it, but I just want to pose it to you, is that conflict and challenges give our lives meaning, and people imagine heaven as being entirely conflict-free, and therefore it wouldn't actually be that meaningful if you didn't have something to do, which is, I think, which plays into your example of being like, oh, I get to go to heaven to relax. No, I get to go to heaven to glorify God and spend time with him and further the kingdom. That's very different. It's not as though getting to heaven is a retirement party and then all of a sudden you just get to be, you know, daiquiri in hand floating in the lazy river of eternity and that's it. And that actually doesn't even sound that appealing if we're if we're talking about it. You've spent have you ever been to a water park, Morris? Oh yeah. Would you want to spend an entire month floating in the lazy river, just <laughs> pounding daiquiris or Mai Tais, whatever your poison of choice is? It would get pretty old pretty quick, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That would not be a, a fun journey. I, I'm hoping I'm not derailing our shoots and ladders conversation here. And I mean, we've really pivoted into talking about the other side of a hundred. Yeah. If we're continuing on the shoots and ladders metaphor, we're talking about the other side of a hundred, right? Yeah. But I, how, what a great conversation because if someone doesn't give a rip about a hundred, the win, the arrival, guess, guess what? They're really not going to care too much about the journey, right? Unless there's an incredible payoff at the end. I know I, my, my wife's grandfather was a godly man and at the end of his life, he says, I can't wait to see what I lived my whole life for, which I think was beautiful. And he had this holy, joyful excitement to see what waited for him on the other side of the death door. And I still think that we need to have a different thought about heaven itself, uh, eternal life. Jesus came to bring us eternal life, right? Is that a place? Or a person. That's a really good question. I don't have a strong answer there. I want to say, just knowing what I know about our conversations, is it's a person. That's I could slam dunk that one without thinking about it, but to actually get into it and to use one of your uh, words of the year to metabolize it, chew it up, think about it, sit with it. I would need probably about 10 minutes of silence with that one, and I don't think that would fare yeah. well uh, during a podcast recording. For most of my life, I've thought about heaven as just a place, and maybe God's up there somewhere in a remote way, not realizing that when we speak of eternal life, he is the center point, the focal point. Our relationship with him is the focal point of eternal life. Uh, John 17 is this amazing passage. It says, now this is eternal life. And you're like, what? Okay. Okay. All right. Good. You have my attention, Put sir. Put the cookies on the bottom shelf for me because <laughs> now this is going to say, this is eternal life. That they know you, the one true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. These are Jesus's words. So he's saying, this is eternal life. It's relational. It's about knowing the father and knowing the son. That is eternal life. It's not just a place. It's not just a state of mind. It's a relationship. So you can access that before death, though, definitionally. 
And that's how we can have in John 5. And this is how you may know you have eternal life and you have crossed over from death to life. Because if you can't know something like that if, if heaven's a place. You can't know something like that if heaven is, is a state. But if if heaven's a person, if, if eternal life is a person, then then that changes everything. How big of a bummer would it be to play shoots and ladders by yourself <laughs> yeah. repeatedly? Uh, Can you imagine doing that? No, no, I can't. I can't. It's hard for me to picture doing it with people. So doing it by yourself is just right. excruciatingly painful. Right. But how many people are living their life as if they're doing that and oh. they're just trying to get to a hundred. They don't even really care about they're They're going for meaningless goals and they're not building meaningful relationships along yeah. the way, either with, the other people they're playing with or God, Jesus. Yes. And it just seems so hollow. I think about this often as I wonder how the people in the secular world kind of keep going and what fuels their fire. Are they just satiated by temporary pleasures and it's it's moment of sensuality to moment of sensuality and I'm just looking forward to the next thing and the next thing, whatever that is, moving to the next milestone, it ends up ultimately being reasonably hollow. And you say, okay, well, at least I have this concert in a month. At least I have this vacation in a month. At least I have this promotion to look forward to. At least I have this reunion to look forward to. And it's just a series of events that punctuate a purposelessness and a complete void of the ultimate relationship, which informs how we go through our worldly relationships as well. And so there's a lack of depth to worldly relationships unless you have that primary relationship with God. And so I just, it, I scratch my head often when I'm thinking about people in, in the secular world. I'm like, how do you, how do you experience truth, beauty, love, depth of relationship, understanding, heartbreak, loss? How do you experience any of these things unless you have the primary relationship? Like that none of it makes sense. I'm starting to appreciate the nonsense of a secular life and it's kind of tragic and it's kind of like playing shoots and ladders by yourself or yeah that that's that's kind of it right is it's playing shoots and ladders by yourself not understanding the purpose of the game you're going up the ladders and you're like yeah i guess that was kind of cool you're going down a shoot and you're like oh that kind of stunk but ultimately you're left with the question well what was, what's the point and I, I really love the way you painted that picture because I think that's so accurate in terms of the way a lot of people are thinking through and moving through life. Um, when I look at playing shoots and ladders with people or by myself, I'm like, eesh, for either one of them. And if you say, hey, God's going to be with you on this journey through every single success, I get to say, God, thank you. You're the one who did that through every single setback or disappointment. I get to discover that he is with me and he is for me in that and that things are going to be okay and he's writing a good story. You remind me of that and I'm excited. I'm excited for today and you know what? It doesn't really matter as much whether I climb up a ladder or I hit a chute. That's okay. Good. Right. Great. Setback. Okay. It's part of a story God wants to write for me and a part of a muscle that he wants to grow in me, a part of a opportunity for a relationship he wants me to lean into. And yet we have people that are still off the board on the left side of one who are saying, okay, I'm about ready to journey today. I'm about ready to move through today. 
And I, I get to, I have a choice whether I do it by myself or I do it with God. Why would someone choose to do it by themselves? What what would make sense in their mind to say, boy, you know what? This makes a whole lot of sense for me just to move through the course of this day, this month, this life by myself. Is there an obvious answer that you're looking for? Or are you like, do you want me to try to crack out this gemstone? I'd say let's just explore it together. I'm not fishing for a specific. I think it's like an entire worldview thing. It's not even understanding that the game exists. Or if you understand that the game exists, it's like, well, what's the point of that? You know, we were talking the other day, uh, you and I were about how some people view uh, God and a relationship with God and church as as primitive. And maybe there's some people who view the board and and playing shoots and ladders with Jesus as being like, oh, well, I'm so sophisticated. And I, I went to college and I have an advanced degree and therefore I, I only play these sorts of games. I don't play shoots and ladders, let alone shoots and ladders with God. Ha ha ha. And, and there is almost like a pretentiousness that comes from that. And, um, you know, maybe there's some people who are unwilling and they don't realize like, wait a second, like even though shoots and ladders isn't the most complex game of all, it's not, we're not concerned with the mechanics of the game. We're concerned about the relationships that we're building as we're playing the game. And I think people miss out on that. You know what I'm talking about? I do hundred percent because this is exactly why I didn't like games when I was younger. If I won the game, which I had a fair amount of, you know, time, time winning, kind of still luck. You're rolling a dice. Um, if I won, I would feel good about myself because I would create this expectation that, Hey, um, people are going to admire me, respect me and love me more. If I win, guess what? That didn't work. Right. And if I didn't win, I thought I was going to be missing out on an opportunity to be admired, loved, and respected. And so either way you looked at it, I was putting something that my soul desperately needed on the line for accomplishing that game better than anyone else that couldn't deliver what it what it was promised it was going to. And so yeah, I didn't I didn't want to play for that very reason. And now you're telling me that I can actually have a relationship with God and have those things not at the end of the game, but through the game? Boy, sign me up. That's that's awesome. Well, you know, different from this metaphor that we're talking about, I think in our faith journeys, you know, you have some people who it feels like they started on square 94. And it's like, wow, that person has such a great relationship with God. You know, in, begin, in the beginning of our friendship, I would say I was like down on the bottom rungs and you were, you were still much higher and I hadn't progressed that much. And I could have taken that in very different ways. I could have said, oh, he's so far ahead. Like we, we shouldn't even be playing his games, his games getting closer to being done, but you've brought a new dimension to the game itself. And God brings a new dimension to any game that we're playing and saying, Hey, let me help you up. I'm going to help you up. Uh, I am the ladder. I'm going to bring you up a little bit and we're going to bring you to a new level. And when you're playing with other people, it's so important 
to lean on people who are a little bit farther down the board with us. And there's something fun about that. There's, and it's fun playing these games with people who, who don't take the game so seriously too, and can have fun in the relationship and who don't treat you falling down a shoot as the end of the world. That is very well said. So just getting back to the game for a second, let's assume God is with us in this game. Yeah. He's both the destination and the journey. There's one ladder in particular launching off from... 28 to 84. There it is. Huge. Biggest ladder on the whole whole board, right? Yep. If you can somehow land on that one, happy street, right? I mean, that's that's very good. God is with us. He's both the destination and the journey. What is 24? What would your guess be? What would you nominate for the name of Ladder 24? What could absolutely catapult someone from from the third level up to the 12th level? That's a great question. That is a tremendous question. Is it an event? Isn't it? Is it an acknowledgement? Is it? How do you take a major step forward? Let's not ask about now. Let's pull it away from the ladder. Hmm. How do you take a major step forward in a relationship? That's a beautiful question. Yeah. If we're stepping away from the board and we're saying, if I have a relationship with God, if I have a relationship with a person, you know, a friend, a family member, how do I take it from 28 to 84? What does that require? Because it's not actually a rolling of the dice. It doesn't just happen, right? It's not random. Mm -hmm. There are things that we can do. And this is where kind of the board game metaphor breaks down a little bit. And we don't have a one-to-one comparison for all things uh, related to relationships and board games. But let me turn it back on you. Have you ever had a relationship go from a 24 or a 28 all the way up to an 80? And if so, what did you do? Was it effort on your part? Was it a collaborative effort on both parties' parts? Well, it's a very good question. I do think we need to remember that we are climbing a ladder. And so that will take some time. <laughs> I don't think we can snap our fingers apart from salvation, <laughs> apart from saying yes to accepting what Jesus has done for us, the sacrifice he laid down for us and saying, yes, I, I realize I can't save myself and I need to say yes to you and your love and your forgiveness and the redemption you offer. Apart from that, I don't know if there's an event that can catapult us that that far if if there is I'd love to love to hear what it is but most of the time even those long ladders like Eugene Peterson says it's a it's a long obedience in the same direction it's a long journey up the same ladder that we are called to and I don't know what name I'm going to give that ladder but I think that ladder is going to include um, in addition to our personal relationship with God it's going to Im- include moving towards a calling or a vision that he has given us with other people, with God's character. Those those things 
seem to be necessary on that long upward ladder journey of being in a good place with him and doing something with other people that's a calling that God seems to be beckoning you to. And guess what? That doesn't necessitate the fact that it's going to be a ladder the entire time. There could be setbacks on that journey. Well, the longest ladder on this board, what happens three steps in front of it, it's the longest chute. It's the longest chute on the board, and that takes you back to square 24, but then you're staring down square 28 again with the longest ladder. Yes. And I've experienced seasons of taking the big ladder and then followed by the big chute, then the big ladder, then the big chute. And that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. It's a, and that can be the texture of our spiritual experience yeah. in, in different seasons. I don't know if I could tolerate that as my entire spiritual walk. It would just be yes. a lot to endure yes. having those high highs and those low lows. But whatever season of your spiritual walk you're in right now, whether it's, you know, an, a steady upward climb Maybe just a footstool. Maybe it's, you know, a kid's slide, or maybe it's, you know, a water park full bombing down 14 yes. stories. Yeah. What's the conclusion, Craig? Is it okay to be wherever we're at? <laughs> I think it is. Uh, I had a really beautiful conversation with a friend the other day, and he planted a church and had a very, very difficult time in this church plant. And then he moved to a different ministry and a different texture and also was involved in helping plant another church. And he looked at me and he said, do you know, everything that I was hoping God would do in that first church plant, he has done in this new ministry. And he he kept trying to talk and I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. Hold on, I just I just need some space there. Yeah. And I honestly took about five or ten long, silent seconds to process what he said because that is amazing. Everything that I'd hoped and wanted in this church plant has now come true in the ministry that I'm a part of. And I was so happy for him because he had a lot of shoots. In those early days, it's incredibly risky to plant a church. It's incredibly um, disappointing when things don't work out as we hoped, as we had prayed, as we had trusted God for. Yeah. And then over the course of another 25 or 30 years for him to have seen and experienced God's fruitfulness and blessing in his ministry that he was hoping for back then. I was so excited for him. To me, that's kind of that ladder. And that's an incredible encouragement to us to say, gosh, sometimes it is. It's a a long, steady movement with God towards him, towards his calling. Um, I I do want to ask a quick question, though, because I think there needs to be a clarification on the shoot, because a shoot, as my friend experienced, can be a, a setback that's a disappointment. Things didn't quite work out the way a church plant that I started and launched closed down. <gasps> oh, okay, that's sad. But there are other shoots that are more self-inflicted wounds, right? That people are like, okay, cannonball, here I go. <laughs> and they know they are <laughs> purposefully sending themselves 
further away from their relationship with God, further away from the their calling, the purpose. sabotage. Yeah, there it is. How do those? How do we process those differently? When when our feet get to the bottom of the slide, when things have been disappointing, when we've been walking with God and didn't turn out the way we wanted to, we prayed, we sought God. They still died of cancer. We prayed, we sought God. My child is still not in a healthy place. How does that one get processed? That's tougher. This is more your lane than it is mine. You have experience, I'd say, counseling people through shoots and shoots and shoots of plenty. And I think, uh, although I don't don't like playing conversational badminton with you and firing it right back to you, I think this is a lane that you actually know reasonably well, which is how do we respond to, you know, various types of shoots, whether we decide to jump down them or whether it happens to us, whether it's a tragedy or a setback, whether it's life altering or feels life altering or whether it's an inconvenience and just sending us back a few squares. I think that's, that's a lane that you've occupied for a really long time and you're great at it, but that doesn't necessarily make it easy either to walk people through shoots or to navigate your own. That's, that's a tricky one. So I don't know. This is, this is your lane where you, well, yeah. And again, the first thing that comes to my mind is on that shoot, that is a story that's written, God's writing that's different than the one that we would like him to be writing. We can still have some assurance and peace to know he's with me as I'm sliding down the closing of this church plant, as I am hooked up to these machines that are keeping me alive. He, he is still with me. And the assurance of his presence makes, reminds me I'm okay and things are going to be okay. That's beautiful. Now the other shoot, <laughs> the self-sabotage, the cannonball into foolishness. We don't necessarily have that assurance, do we? That God's going to be with us for our... Because we're essentially trying to cannonball away from him. Whether we know it or not. Yes. So how does that one get processed? Because we take, what is the long slide? It's from uh, 80, 82 down to 24. Wow, that's a journey. At least he's waiting for us on the at the bottom. He's saying, you ready to get started again? Crazy slide, huh? That one certainly had a lot of twists and turns. Does that happen? He's always ready to get started with this again. He's never not at the bottom of the slide. I can tell you that much. When you're ready to start walking again, he's saying, great, great. Let's roll the dice a couple more times. I know of a ladder that's up here. You can take it if you want. You don't have to. Um, I know the fastest way up the board, and you can you can take it, or we can just kind of do this journey together. There's no um, – you're never going to get this entirely perfect, though. I will tell you that much. Yeah. Has anybody ever played the perfect game of shoots and ladders? I don't know. I think there's one guy. One guy. In, in, in our one metaphor. If our there's metaphor, a legend about this one guy. Yeah, it holds holds true, right? I don't know if it's appropriate to share with this. It kind of blows up the metaphor of shoots and ladders, but I'm going to try it anyway. Someone shared with me once. They said, um, 
when we're on a hiking journey and we're walking with God, and then we we do self-sabotage, we do self-inflicted wounds, we do something for whatever reason that will distance ourselves from God. He said it's almost like we're walking on a on a path and then we go into the forest for a little while. Mm-hmm. And he reminded me when you realize you're wrong, when you repent, when you actually turn around and go, I was kind of an idiot um, for thinking I could somehow be satiated by something or someone other than God. I need to get back on the path. He said, you don't get back on the path at the trailhead. You get back where you left off with him. Isn't that encouraging? It was so encouraging. I think it is. And like Joy said, in some ways it <laughs> blows up a little bit of the shoots and ladders metaphor. But if the relationship is the most important thing, yeah, he's with us on the ladder. He's with us on the shoot. Okay, hey, let's let's get off of that shoot as quickly as possible. Let's 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 oh, instead of a that long slide, how about we make it a short slide? How about we stop this slide today? And how about we dust ourselves off and have a meal and begin walking again so you can understand and know and experience the beauty of who I am and who we are. I don't have a ton to add to this. I'm just, I think if you're listening to this, no matter where you're at on the board, I'm so happy that you're playing the game because some people never get the joy of playing the game or trying to understand the game, understand the relationships. It's, you know, whatever metaphor you're using, the point of this is our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with God. Most of our metaphors that we use are going to break down at some point, but it's important to always point back to that relationship as being, you know, that is heaven. Yes. The relationship is heaven. It's not about yeah. getting to a hundred and beyond. It's about the entire game, and he wants to be with us every step of the way. Even when we're saying like, "Oh no, I'm going to put the board down, and I actually want to go. I want to play Battleship." And he's like, "I'm down to play Battleship if you want to play Battleship, but I'm I want to be with you the whole time." That I think that's the coolest part about yeah. this entire this entire idea. No matter what game we're playing, he wants to be there with us. And you asked a really important question that's been lingering. What do you need to do if you want to make a huge step in a relationship? And I love the way you just described that. We need to acknowledge that someone loves us more than we will ever know and wants to be with us. And for us just to say, okay, that's a huge step and it's not a step, it's receiving someone. That's that's it, isn't it? Just saying, like, I'll allow it. Yes, yes. Why is that the one of the hardest things to do? Mm. We can noodle on that for forever. Why is that so hard for us to say yes to uh, to a relationship? Yeah, I do think we need to see more people walking with Jesus on the shoots and ladders board than just. Look at me beating my chest and look at what I've look at what I've done or look at whoops what I've done. Okay. It's 
You would do such a good job of reminding us always. It's we need to use we more often, <laughs> and uh, that's a it's a beautiful thing. And you know, there are groups that we know and we walk with that are doing this very thing. There's a Sunday night group of people, young people that are getting together, saying we are leaning into each other. We're leaning to God, His calling, His purpose. We want others to join us in this journey. It's fantastic. It is so fun to see that they're on the ladder. There's a group of men uh, at a beach walk um, down the beach in Dana Point, and it's so fun to see this exact thing happening for them. And it's actually the supported by Go Ministry International, and we're actually going to have a pivot here because the Go Ministry International supports this thing called the walk, and it's encouraging people to get together get out in nature, experiencing relationship with each other and with God. And there's another walk in, in Ladera, and there's another walk that's starting uh, all over the place. Beach walks, harbor walks, river walks, it doesn't matter. Um, we'll give you the, the details of the website in future times, but maybe besides just thanking those who support our podcast, you can actually thank them best by saying, who might I start dreaming about doing this with? Who can I start dreaming about leaning into, leaning in with, seeking God with, and trying to bring some other people along on that journey? Well, that's what that's what Go stands for, God and others, and and really get out, get out there in the world. And that's going to be a big part of my year, and hopefully all of our year, is in-person community and getting offline and getting with God and doing things and surprising ourselves and others uh, with our relationships and showing our compassion, our love. Mm -hmm. So good. So I, I would encourage, if you've listened to more than five, 10 episodes of Surface Tension, you have all of the skills that you might need to just have a conversation with somebody. And that's how a group starts. If you're willing to ask spiritual questions, that's how a God group starts. It doesn't have to be more sophisticated than that. You don't need to put so much planning into it because God's going to do a lot of that heavy lifting for you. So if you feel a nudge to start, dare to lean into that uh, this year and uh, for years to come. Hey, thanks for putting up with my foolishness and joining us on this journey, shoots and ladders, but most importantly, just learning how to walk with God well today and understand how much he loves us and what he has done for us and being able to encourage each other with that message and remind each other of that very powerful and true message. So thanks for joining us today. Have a great day.